Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And we want to welcome back to the podcast uh, from, I don't know, whatever you're doing. It, it seems like you've lied to us again and again. So, uh, uh, David, fourth sight, thank you for returning. Hooray! Hey, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah, I didn't so much lie to you as maybe overestimated the uh, output I would have by the time you guys released your episode. So. That's so funny. Most people, like, underestimate me. Like, I, you know, there's plenty of recordings, like... Uh, you know, when's this coming out? And it's like, they, they talk about episodes that are releasing in like uh, July and August. Of, <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, this will be out by like uh, mid midsummer probably. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But I currently got like three things in, in production and sort of dividing my attention between all three of them. So it, it, uh, that means that none of them actually gets to the point where there, where there's anything ready for you. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, this will come out like in, uh, I think, February. Uh, do you think, what do you think is going to be out by then? Uh, hopefully Rock and Roll High School will we'll have something out by then. And um, we're, we'd really like to have Edge of Tomorrow Minute uh, have something out by then as well. So, How many times uh, are you going to do that one? <laughs> I mean, it all depends on how often uh, our audience is interested in hearing stories about Tom Cruise dying. So probably a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I do have to actually apologize to you and to our listeners. I uh, th- this podcast actually, I'm not Robin. I've uh, uh, Robin got a cold, and now Harvey Firestein is uh, hosting the <laughs> podcast. So I apologize for that and the uh, all the hacking that Len's going to have to edit out. Okay, so. <laughs> This is Minute 105 of Fright Night. It begins with the credit for costume supervisor Mort Schwartz and ends with the credit for the premature burial clip courtesy of Orion Pictures Corporation. Those are things we've talked about actually in the minutes, um, (laughs) but today this is going to be all about the Fright Night comics. Fright Night was made in comic form by Now Comics, uh, starting in '88, uh, 1988. Um, just in case you're listening in, like you know, 2099. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it follows the further adventures of Peter Vincent and Charlie Brewster, and it went on till well, 1990, uh, when the company went bankrupt. And they did try to put out some more 3D issues, but they're mainly just kind of reprints of stories that already been published, except for I think there's one previous unpublished story. But it's so funny because there's so many movies that get adapted. Thinking a lot about Karate Kid these days, uh, going on to that next minute by minute, possibly. I don't know. This might have killed me. Uh, <laughs> they had a cartoon series where uh, Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi just toured the world and got into hijinks. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of assumed that uh, Fright Night was going to be kind of like that. So so I actually found these uh, these comics out on archive.org, I got to say, <laughs> just in case you want to look for them. They don't seem to be available available for you know purchase uh, unless you want to pay a hefty sum. Like yeah, they range. <laughs> yeah, well, you can find them on Amazon too, but they range from fifteen dollars an issue to two hundred dollars an issue. Oof. So, it, it which I gotta say, well, now comics was based in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. and 
I was based in Chicago at the time that Now Comics was coming out. Um, so I had an opportunity to meet Tony Caputo, uh, who was the founder of Now oh. Comics, on multiple occasions, just like in passing mostly. But he would love nothing more than to have his comics be selling for, you know, 15 to $100. So <laughs> he was... Uh, he had had a passion for the comics, but he was definitely uh, he he thought this was going to make him rich. So ah, you're saying he's a shyster? I we got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, whatever the Italian version of a shyster. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, uh, a gabagool. I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, let's. We should probably stop the speculation. <laughs> Just edit all this. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get whacked, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what actually do you think, uh, led to the, uh, downfall of now comics, like, uh, disinterest or. Oh no, this quality? was total, this was totally the indie comics boom and the bust caught up with him hardcore. So, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. So like think about the time, uh, be, well, <laughs> okay. If you're not much of a comics historian, there was a time in probably the late mid to late eighties where there was a black and white comics boom. And you think about, um, your teenage mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of that. Um, right. and that led to an indie comics boom after that, which probably started in the, uh, probably about the time that now comics started it was probably the end of the black and white boom and into the indie comics boom. And, uh, so that was, you know, when comic, when publishers other than Marvel and DC, uh, were, were coming about and then image comics finally comes about, um, and really, um, random rampant speculation on the prices of, you know, the, the future prices of collectible comics is what killed, uh, the indie comics boom because people were saying that, oh, this comic that I just bought for 250 that's got a gold foil stamped cover is going to be worth $10,000 by the time I sell it in three years. Yeah. Uh, be- because everyone thinks it's, it's really cool. Um, and so they, instead of then treasuring their one cool comic, they decided to print a million more and thus devaluing everything. Uh-huh. And those comics, those comics are now sold in the, like, nickel bin or by the pound so <laughs> it's um yeah it's um uh speculation killed now comics for sure <laughs> yeah it kind of reminds me i you still have your beanie baby room len <laughs> <laughs> it's uh moved to the attic okay <laughs> uh uh but uh, besides that <laughs> uh yeah yeah it, it it's uh i mean i mean there's vertigo isn't vertigo still running or is that gone too nope. vertigo's gone but that was that was a dc that was a, a, DC, a yeah. branch of dc yeah yeah Dark Horse, that's another Dark Horse is is still out there, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the few larger independent publishers left out there, so... Well, I think then they get a hold of a lot of uh, bigger properties too. I mean, you know, the Buffy comics. Yeah. Um, well, and, and now comics was sort of um, did a lot of the license stuff mm-hmm. at the time that kind of the Dark Horse does now. Like at one point, Dark Horse had the Star Wars and the Aliens, um, yeah, you know, franchises, and I think they still have Aliens. But um, back in the day, I, I distinctly remember now comics having uh, a Terminator franchise because the the first cover of it was the like the glossiest, slickest illustration I'd ever seen of a, it was a real close up of a person's face and half of it was like a punk rocker's face. Cause they had like blue hair and, and kind of shaved on one side. And then the face was torn off and it was metal underneath and he was grinning like he was coming to kill me. It was really pretty cool. Um, I distinctly remember that cover. Um, they had green Hornet, they had racer X, they had Astro boy and speed racer. So kind of that, um, Japanese import stuff. Mm-hmm. They had the ghostbusters and Slimer. Um, and then they had some TV stuff, including Mr. T, um, <laughs> The Twilight Zone, and Married with Children. 
Yeah, right towards the end of the Friday Night Run I, that we we read, uh, I did see some uh, advertisements for a Married with Children comic, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> they, they mostly had photo covers that uh, featured Christina Applegate pretty prominently. <laughs> um, I never read the comics. I'm sure they were trash. So, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, let's just start. Like, I mean, I'd like to kind of run us through each of these issues really quickly. I mean, did we basically the 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 Fright Night ran twenty two issues. It included an adaptation of both the the first movie and the second movie. Um, and I was able to get a hold of everything but issues ten, eleven, and thirteen. So, uh, basically, let's just kind of start off with um, our overall impression of uh, this this run. I mean, did you enjoy it? Was it fun? Um, you know, you don't have to get into specifics because we're, we're, there's some definite, definite specifics to talk about ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, Len, what, what did, you haven't talked to it a little bit. What, what did you think? Uh, I'm, not a gr- I'm not a big comic book guy. I didn't read them when I was a kid. Uh, I do have a handful now, but they're, they're more of like... Um, they become sort of art pieces, right? I have some mm-hmm. uh, Twilight Zone comics uh, that that are just for fun. But I, so I've seen all different kinds over the years uh, of art. So I was trying to of comic book art. I was trying to look yeah. at it from that perspective because I didn't think the writing was good at all. <laughs> um, it seemed like they kind of uh, con- got confused about how to spell Charlie most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like from panel to panel. Even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was bad. Uh, yeah. yeah that, but that's my overall impression is it was bad. There are some moments where the art is pretty, pretty good. I think these, the artists, cause they're several that worked on these books mm-hmm. are decent. Um, they're not the best, but they're decent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, not impressed. Yeah. Overall. The art's okay. What do you think, David? Um, I thought that the movie adaptation, which occurs in issues one and two, I think, um, is sort of trash. Um, they, <laughs> they did a really bad job of trying to cram that into two issues, which, you know, each had a backup story still in like 32 pages, I think. So you're talking about maybe, uh, I don't know, less than 50 pages of, of actual comics yeah. covering the movie. And I mean, everybody was essentially a cardboard cut out of themselves. Uh, there was no depth to any of the characters and yeah. it, it could have been anything um, going on in those comics. So uh, I think some of the early part of the extended run was pretty good in a I have a very specific reference to it um, because these reminded me a lot of the comic Dylan Dog, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with at all. I remember seeing the movie oh, one which, time, <laughs> which is also um, which was also trash. But um, <laughs> so Dylan Dog is an Italian comic um, uh, written by a guy named Tiziano Tiziano Scalvi. I always want to no Scalvi. Mm. I always want to say Scalvi, but it's Scalvi, I think. And um, it's put out by one of the uh, predominant Italian publishers of. Uh, are called Fumetti, which is sort of like cheap um, serialized comics. Uh, and um, it was one of their better sellers behind a Western one called Tex. Uh, but it's very surreal. And the guy who runs uh, the titular character, Dylan Dog, is a, um, a private eye who specializes in supernatural cases. Ah. And um, he's 
pretty much always uh, going to be having sex with the lady who brought the case to him, um, which, you know, is very Italian. Um, and uh, he uh, has an assistant that he works with who is essentially Groucho Marx, right? <laughs> the, the hair, the glasses, the mustache, the cigar, cracking the one-liners the whole time. Um, and the whole thing is very surreal. It makes very little sense, um, but it's really a lot of fun. And these comics reminded me of that in that, you know, it's it's sort of, the you know, the, the ones that once they get done with the movie, um, the first, I don't know, six or seven or maybe even eight of them are essentially um, Charlie and Peter, you know, running around the country solving <laughs> supernatural crimes. Right. Super, you know, anyway, and um, this reminded me a lot of that. So I sort of have a soft spot for that comic in my heart. Um, so just having that reminder. And, and the, the, the art in the first half of the run, I'd say, is better than in the second half where it becomes quite a bit more cartoony and lazy, maybe. Hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, a mixed bag more so than, than Len. But, uh, you know, I've got some specific reasons why, why I liked it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you know you're on here because you seem to know your comics and I, like I did this this same kind of thing. Uh, I had a podcast uh, for the show I Zombie, and in the uh, you know lead up to the show premiering on the CW, uh, we did some um, uh, special episodes dedicated to covering the comic book itself, which of course the show ended up being like barely anything like the comic right, book, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was still a lot of fun to. Uh, uh, read what i felt like i had a hard time doing was actually talking about it and going and also going is this art good <laughs> i don't know i things look you know correct that was a, that's, that's a that was a mike allred uh art in the beginning of that book right yeah um, yeah oh i think he, it's all right all the way through oh yeah is it all the way through there's no comparison to this stuff oh yeah well, he's <laughs> that's, got a that's very, great stuff yeah he's got a very uh retro like flat cartooning yeah. style which which is either endearing or not depending oh, on your attitude but yeah yeah but uh so so uh I'm, yeah i'm glad i'm glad you're here with your expertise because i was a little worried about covering comic books again you know in the audio medium <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah and so my overall impression is i yeah i was expecting it to uh i don't know if you guys read any of the uh the feedback sections at the end of the comics like people writing in to the to the comic and saying what they like what they didn't I, like. I skipped that but i, I yeah. saw them yeah i mean yeah. there were a lot of like kooks where they're like i'm a vampire and this is not <laughs> what i expect or i'm a vampire and this is exactly what happened to me at one time you know those guys were total kooks and maybe just kind of running writing could have been just the writers at now comics like going sure. let's fill up this letters column with some wacky shit to get people talking yeah. entirely likely yeah 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 and but there were uh readers uh that would write in and they'd either be like, what the hell? Where's the vampires? This is bullshit. You don't, you guys don't know Fright Night at all. And then there's the other uh, people that were like, listen, don't mess with, you know, any of the vampires. You know, you bring Jerry Dandridge, you bring Evil Ed, obviously you're going to have to kill him after a while. And, you know, these are great characters. You don't want to kill them off. So, you know, they preferred like, uh, you know, some silly side quests. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's funny because you see the uh, the editor, the writer of the comic, you know, responding, being like, well, you just don't really understand what you guys want. It doesn't seem like 
Like, it doesn't seem like everybody can agree on one thing right. of what they want the Fright Night comic to be. I mean, I definitely wanted more Supernatural. It's funny, um, and David, you haven't heard these episodes yet, but once we got into the last few minutes of the movie Fright Night, um, it brought up the fact that now Peter is hosting Fright Night and uh, is... Um, uh, hosting it about alien movies. So we kind of speculated, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, Friday Night 2 ended up being aliens, Charlie and Peter yeah. going after <laughs> aliens? Because, you know, who's going to believe them now? You know, it's a totally different thing. And could it be related to what Peter's hosting or whatever? So I, I was even open to them dealing with alien stuff at the beginning. Um, I, I didn't think their follow through, though, was, was anything I was really, really interested in. It was, it, I think they really leaned towards the, the wacky and, um, yeah, so in the end, I was kind of like, well, I read those. <laughs> I'm never going to read them again. <laughs> I've done it. Yes. It's something I've always wanted to do. Check out these comics, and now I'm done. So uh, without further ado, uh, I think we should start going through the comics. And uh, I, mean, I have basically lots of uh, things where I'm like, oh, that was a good bit. And I have uh, screen caps I've captured in my notes that I'll t- definitely try to uh, explain to people as we're going along and uh yeah let's give this a shot all right (laughs) um so one thing about the comics is after the film adaptations uh we don't have any amy um the girlfriend from fright night 2 alex is not there um billy cole is gone um but evil ed does return in issue number eight to become a recurring character and then ultimately uh jerry dandridge comes back so uh that was definitely what i was holding on for in these first few issues (laughs) Um, so issue one and two, Fright Night adaptation. Um, so David, you said you weren't uh, a huge fan of this, huh? Yeah, I, I thought you know they. It was pretty clear that they were trying to rush through the story, and it yeah. it really takes all the all the humor and charm and everything out of the film. It it hits the major plot points, and bleh, there it is on the page, you know. Yeah, but other Char- was- Charlie looks like Peter Parker in these issues. I'm just looking at some of these things. I'm oh taking. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy Cole looks. I yeah. don't know what he looks. Billy like. looks like a a giant. Yeah, um, and you can't. And Jerry Dandridge in some of these panels looks like Clark Kent, like Superman, <laughs> <laughs> or like well, yeah, the, the Beyonder. <laughs> it was pretty hard to tell the difference between some of the characters at certain points, you know, because they they sort of um, at various various points either made Charlie look really young or really old, or you mm-hmm. know had him in a suit in a scene with other guys in suits, and you're like, what, what, <laughs> what, why is two yeah. white guys with brown hair in suits <laughs> yeah. in 1980s print? technology like i i can't i can't differentiate right now <laughs> yeah i apologize <laughs> yeah uh okay so some moments i i cut out of here uh the, the scene where charlie's watching through the window you know people might remember it from the movie but in the comics version uh charlie is actually saying while he's looking through the uh binoculars oh dude go for it go for it dude go get it oh man <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like oh man you know he's like <laughs> freaking out because what he's seeing um, another thing is uh, that great uh, purse catch that we actually talked about in your minutes. Yeah. Um, in the comic, he just hands in the purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like uh, using the 
graphic format to really show a little action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, at the end of the, the pencil incident, Charlie is not, like, petrified with fear. Uh, Jerry's like, there will be another time. And Charlie says, I'm already looking forward to it, like a big hero, you know, where he's, like, covered oh, yeah. in sweat in the movie. It's like, are you really ad- adapting this or trying to make him look more cool and knowing that you have, like, a comic run to well, write about? they do repeat your so cool Brewster about 50 fucking times in this <laughs> 22 comic run. Yeah. Uh, the wolf actually has the cross burnt on its head like Ed. And I noticed that uh, Peter is very often dr- drawn like uh, Peter O'Toole. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't buy that. <laughs> and and uh, he, oh, I, yeah. I think Amy often, quite often looks like a real estate agent. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, oh, yeah. And something that happens in the uh, the remake that uh, they were thinking about doing for the movie, but it ended up in the comic. Uh, uh, Evil actually apologizes right before he dies, whereas mm. you know in the movie he's just kind of just kind of dies. <laughs> I think some of my favorite panels in the in the um, in the comic are, are the one where Charlie's in his room sharpening the stakes. Uh, mm. it, it, it's probably the closest it comes to a splash page. Oh and, yeah, the, the cathedral like a half panel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. and then, um, actually I think it's like the very next page is, is one where, uh, they show Jerry in the house with all the clocks, mm. um, except his clocks are not like cool, classy clocks in this. I think there's one that's like one of those black cat with the, with the wagging tail clock. Oh yeah. I was like, he's got a Felix co- clock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I almost said that the wrong way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, pulling back the curtain a little bit for our listeners, uh, and for you as well. Um, we haven't actually recorded the episode that people are going to hear before this, which is, uh, our thoughts on the, uh, the sequel to Fright Night. Um, we're still getting that scheduled, but since we're so far ahead of our schedule, we can play with that a little bit. Um, so I kind of skimmed through the comic of the comic book adaptation of Fright Night 2, um, which, uh, I, so I don't know, uh, David, we were talking about, um, how much you really wanted to see that. And I got you a link. Did you end up c- catching that yet? You know what? I have not had time to watch it yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm just hoping that it's still active by the time I get, get around to it. So yeah. Ah, uh, cool. Cool. Well, yeah. So I have no idea how close that is to the movie or if it does it any justice or did you end up reading it anyway? The, the you know what? I, I deliberately avoided those. Oh, uh, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll just skip that. Um, um, I mean, I, I assume it's pretty much more of the same. <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh, it's similar. It's similar, but yeah, it's it's the same way. It's broad brush strokes. The same yeah. way that the adaptation right. of the first movie. Yeah, was, yeah. So uh, we go on to the next um, uh, comic, which is the Dead Remember, which we have uh, Brain Bats. Um, and I like my first note is like the, your first original story is Brain Bats from Outer Space. Like it's it's got to be vampires. But they've also got to be from outer space. But I, I think the one thing that I have for this uh, story is just I thought it was a really creepy image. Of, it's silly, but creepy. The, the bat just attached to people's heads and, and sucking them dry. And just, them just walking around being controlled like Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty creepy, and, and it's got that um, 
It's got that early to mid eighties comics color palette where you know, everything's sort. I don't know. It almost looks uh, watercolored with huh. greens and yellows and as sort of the predominant colors. And uh, my my friends and I used to joke that uh, yellow must have been the cheapest ink to print comic books with because there was so much of it. And uh, in a lot of uh, you know what you'd call Bronze Age comics, and uh, it certainly is you know kind of lives up to that in this. Uh, in this batch as well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yellow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Must have been a sale. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, the the brain bats are pretty creepy looking because they, they have like arms and legs that are kind of claw-ish and then this giant central head. Like the, the entire body is essentially a head, right? And yeah. Then, uh, and then they just sort of grab onto the top of a person's <laughs> head and, and drive them around like a... I don't know what was what was that uh, Japanese cartoon was that Transor Z where the airplane landed in the head? No, oh, geez, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you lost <All> right. me. <laughs> uh, Peter does pull a Grevlins, and in, of all the appliances, he throws a brain bat in. He throws it in the dishwasher, right. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I've got, I'm glad I've got a good water heater." And then he's like, hmm, "Maybe I should run it three times." <laughs> Get out of my kitchen. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, this issue ends strangely with Peter and uh, Charlie uh, defeating them with, uh, like, Peter clobbering them with a cane. And then suddenly they take off in a rocket ship that they built in a house randomly. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Issue four is Eight Arms to Hold You. And uh, we get kind of a nice little uh, um, Octoman reference, uh, which is cool because it's like, oh, good. And people who, you know, are writing this actually watch the movie because the big Octoman reference in the final few minutes of Fright Night. Um, that's the uh, that's the that's the science fiction movie that uh, uh, Peter is showing um, at the end of the movie. So. Fright Night. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Peter and Charlie go to Monterey to Squid Fest. And it's it's like I'm like oh they're on a case this is fun this is like the mystery machine you know and then it, like we find out no 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 they're just on vacation together Peter and Charlie yeah totally normal <laughs> they went to oh let's go to Squid Fest in Monterey <laughs> happenstance and then they find out that oh Peter Vincent is here he'll be able to help us solve this paranormal case you know it's like oh suddenly like Peter Vincent is famous because he defeated this huge vampire that I don't know right that was all over the news apparently <laughs> like, yeah can you imagine people having that same reaction in real life where you'd have like people go oh good Elvira's here we can we can stop the vampire invasion or whatever right Uh, we do get uh, a, a great fight between Squidman and uh, Calamari, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Calamari. The, uh, I, I did cut out a, a particularly gruesome panel where the Calamari like hangs up all its human victims from, and just there's just bloody skeletons hanging on the beach, and it says "Today's Special in Blood." <laughs> uh, so it's funny because it's like uh, Peter and Charlie are about not very consequential in this episode in, in this issue because they kind of lead Carl Calamari on the beach and uh, then the police just kill it with uh, flamethrowers <laughs> and they're like this never happened I guess. And, and the squid man's reason for helping, right? It, it's like the calamari is out to kill all the humans and the squid man is there to stop calamari. Um, but his, his reason for helping us is because eh, they're dumb. What, what are they going to do anyway? <laughs> that's, that's sort of, that's sort of why he doesn't 
yeah. To, yeah. It's, and that, well, it ends with a, with a moral, which I just made me roll my eyes. Yeah. He basically goes back to the ocean. It's like, Hey, look, you guys are all, you know, you keep playing with that atomic power. You're, you're, you're <laughs> oh, in yeah. trouble anyway. Blah, blah, blah. I guess the problem that I have mostly, it's like, you know, some of the drawings good. Some of the drawings, not so good. None of it's terrible. Uh, is, is, is again, the writing and it's the logic. Like, like you just said, oh, Peter Vincent is here. He can help us. Like, <laughs> what? It's like that. I don't know, man. I can suspend. Obviously, we love this stuff, so yeah. we can we suspend our uh, disbelief all the time. But this is just lazy, lousy <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, and that's that's why I compared it a lot to those Italian comics because it like those those don't even like they they set up the the skeleton of a reference. You know, like the story has to start here and end here, but details are inconsequential about <laughs> why a thing. Happens. Happens. It's like, right. oh, there's a, a flute playing in the other room, so that I have to go investigate. Like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we move on to, to issue five, which is about Spider Boy, and Peter gets replaced by uh, a, a, a clown named Pogo. And, uh, and meanwhile, a, a young boy um, discovers he can um, transform into a spider. And uh, some some different things that I uh, cut out here. Uh, there's a there's a great frame of uh, you know a silhouette of Peter and somebody is spraying his hair and there's just this giant white puff around his head. I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's his head getting whitened right there. <laughs> it's all the baby powder. Yeah, I gotta uh, say, out of the out of the whole run, I think this issue five might have been my favorite. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I I think the like the Spider Man uh, mm-hmm. sort of homage is very funny. There's the scene. Where they um, they break into an old church, uh, and I forget what the line is exactly. Something like, "Yeah, the uh, uh, the religion went out of business," or something like that. Like as to why the church was all boarded up. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's some some very interesting quality art in here, um, and uh, well, that's probably about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this great close up of his face, of Spider Boy's face, and it's all like purple and green, which I just I thought was you know pretty creepy looking. Your note says ugly. Yeah, ugly. (laughs) Not the drawing itself. His face literally is ugly. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we find. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, 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 we find out that Peter's been acting since age eight. He's got a neighbor that is just basically there to be killed. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Spider Boy uh, uh, turns into a spider and uh, starts killing everybody in Peter's apartment building until he realizes that uh, Pogo is taken over for uh, Peter as a huge Fright Night fan. So he decides to go kill Pogo, <laughs> which is just like, oh, that's fortunate. <laughs> Yeah, that is the, like the total weird B subplot of that too. Is is the strange comic book uh, or uh, the clown takeover? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know what they were trying to get at. You know, he kind of jumps in and uh, uh, takes the camera away from Peter, and then at the end, he's like, "Oh, I'm just misunderstood," and then he just gets murdered <laughs> on camera. Like it's real fright night for so many people, um, and. Uh, yeah, there's even a reference to Fright Night 2 in here where Charlie remarks that not even my psychiatrist will know that there really are monsters. Uh, so, oh, yeah. the psychiatrist thing. And then, you know, it, I just love the, how it just resolves itself. It's like, well, he just kind of ends up killing himself because he sets a bunch of spiders on Peter and Charlie and they run. And the spiders are like, well, they're gone. Let's kill Spider Boy. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole conceit is like, 
he thinks he's like Aquaman or something that can talk to all the spiders. Yeah. But because, what, what is this? Because spiders aren't pack animals. You can't control them. Yeah. So he has enough power to like herd them all into the same room and set them after the same target. <laughs> but then they, he sort of hits the, the extent of his powers and they're like, meh, kill this other thing instead. <laughs> I just love that. Like, no, not me. <laughs> they're just yeah. going after him. Okay, so now we start, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, it's like na- these first few issues were just like, okay, well, we're going to do some random one-offs and see what hits. And, uh, I mean, none of them really do. Uh, <laughs> people are complaining. So now they're like, okay, issue six and seven is going to be like a double-issue uh, mythology. We're going to set up a new mythology with the vampires. And it's uh, Legion of the Endless Night. Um, so, and, and it's like, let's send up to New Orleans. Um, you know, let's have them deal with, uh, vampires. And it, it's so funny, like they're in New Orleans. Why? Uh, not to investigate vampires. Uh, they're on another vacation because, uh, Peter has been invited to do a panel at Frankenfest. And so, of course he takes his young ward with him. Of course. Did you, did you catch the, uh, reference to the, um, the, uh, Count Dracula Society Awards? Yes. The, yes. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. They say the Legion of the Endless Night. Is that something like the Count Dracula Society? And he's like, mm, something, like that. something like that. And you know, if you're a listener to this, uh, podcast, you'll, you'll have heard of Count Dracula Society. Which, this is the only place I've ever heard of it, so uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have caught that reference if it wasn't yeah. this um, So, uh, we find out that uh, Jerry and Regine uh, Dandridge were uh, charter members of this Legion, and now uh, the Legion is looking for some, uh, some uh, payback. And it kind of turns into, uh, you know, through the double issue, um, they get captured and then turn into like almost like a most dangerous game scenario where Peter and Charlie are being hunted through the swamp by a, uh, by I think a Billy, basically. Like somebody wants to be turned and yet is somehow supernatural as well. Yeah, right. He's like an initiate of the society of something where he's, he's, yeah. got, he's enhanced above human, but not quite to the full range of powers of whatever these guys are. So. <laughs> I just love how agile Peter gets in this comic. Uh, like he's, I, I have a panel here where he's like throwing a knee into the chin of a vampire, <laughs> and uh, but you know, and he's escaped from his handcuffs. But it's like he was flexing to make sure his hands were small, but he ends up like ripping his hands apart, pulling them out. Like he's so he's so tough in this. And, uh, and it, and it kind of ends in, ends up with a, uh, they, they basically, re- the, the vampires release the hound, which is like this devil dog that goes after them. And, uh, Peter and Charlie have to, um, board up with these, uh, rednecks, I guess. <laughs> Swamp folk. Swamp folk. And Peter is, Peter turns, you know, he's very agile. He's like shuts uh, the wolf into a shed by climbing up onto the roof and reaching down and bolting the door behind him. Uh, of course, quipping the silver fox strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, uh, the other favorite part about this, about that family is that they've designed a character that in this comic looks almost identical to Peter Vincent. So you're like, wait, which one? Okay. Oh so yeah, that's true. He's in the brown shirt and the other guy's in the checked brown shirt. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Peter like turns into like MacGyver as well. He's setting up bombs. Um, yeah. and, uh, Oh, they also, uh, establish like, um, He's got some sort of Peter now has like familiar familial ties to top secret government agencies. Um, <laughs> he starts coming off like uh, uh, Mulder here, 
he's uh, he's like horror isn't just found in the movies, Charlie, and vampires aren't the worst secrets kept hidden from most of us. And, and he's like, like my brother worked for, shall we say, secretive branch of our government. <laughs> but that's so that re- that that's that sort of wrecks his character to have any sort of connection to the supernatural or yeah. anything weird before because he's scared shitless to find out that there's really vampires. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like oh, now he knows all about all about yeah. crazy stuff that happens. It's like uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 humor and the the fun of that character is that you know he he's the horror expert who's really chicken shit, right? So, yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> to, to give him any sorts of so any sort of advanced knowledge or courage or agency, just it could be anybody at that point. So right. So we turn into it turns into an extreme uh, Home Alone setup by Peter. Uh, we have buried bombs, a roof covered in garlic, windows with electric barbed wire set up around. And Charlie even says, "I'm learning ways to kill vampires that I never saw in the movies." <laughs> <laughs> Did this? I wonder what when year this issue came out. It was, do you think this was after Lost Boys, where they kind of do the like reinforcing the home yeah. for, against a vampire invasion? Yeah, I think Lost Boys was like eighty seven, and yeah. it started yeah. in eighty eight. So oh, yeah, so it t- totally yeah. could have been a, a um, uh, an homage. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, they're saved by a giant in the woods. Uh, it turns out to be the Swamp Folk's son. There's no explanation. <laughs> He just was sent out to the woods. Nobody wanted, and then he's like, "Oh, thank you, my boy." <laughs> now he's—I've he, chased you off with, uh, as a freak uh, years ago. Now, now it saved our lives, you know. The prodigal, so. <laughs> the prodigal son returns. Kicks <laughs> vampire ass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean. So we start with vampires. We're getting teased a little bit more of vampires. I'm like, okay, all right, uh, I guess. And, you know, it's still got the kookiness of those one-off stories, just like ridiculousness. But there's vampires, so I'm I'm now roped in. And then we have uh, issues eight and nine, which are uh, about the revenge of Evil Ed, which I was definitely excited about to, to find out. You know how he lived uh, and what he plans to do, because that seemed to be what the original Fright Night was uh, teasing at the end. That Ed is back and he's ready. He's probably really mad at Charlie. Um, And you get that great photo cover on this one as well. Yep, yeah. The Stephen Jeffries is uh, on the cover of uh, Mm -hmm. both of them. Um, So yeah, this is uh, also where Charlie gets a new girlfriend, uh, Natalia. We never hear about Amy or the um, the girl from the sequel, Andy. I forget. Um, and uh, we also find out that uh, uh, Natalia's father was killed by a vampire. So there's got to be something going on here, you know. Um, so yeah, there's a, I like the scene where in the beginning how it gets set up that you know Charlie is at this club with this girl and he's having fun, and then he's like, oh my god, somebody really knows my the music I love. <laughs> he's just like getting down, you know. And then all of a sudden he hears over the mic. Phone. You're so cool, Brewster. Uh, yeah, the DJ's obscured the whole time. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. Obviously, Ed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's clearly meant to invoke the nightclub scene from the movie, right? So Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, fill in the details of what happened to Ed. Peter says an ambulance took the body away to the city morgue. We never saw him again. And um, I think it, uh, we get a flashback somewhere in here. I forget. It, maybe it's later on where, oh, yeah, uh, we see Peter pulling the giant wooden leg out of Evil Ed. And he says, I, I pulled it out of him to bring it to help Charlie and Amy at the Dandridges that night. And then Natalia's like, then it's possible Ed may have eventually returned from the dead. 
and it's like, of course. <laughs> and that's something we kind of speculated. Like, oh, when, when you see Peter in the movie pull the stake out, you're like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> he's obviously going to come back. Uh, so it, it, it's something we kind of speculated that I think the people behind the comic were, you know, hip to. They were like, sure. oh, this is, they were, you know, that's they were the same yeah. thing too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Natalia lost her dad by flying demons when she was 11. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to come back. <laughs> yep, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, what, that's Chekhov's flying demon, I guess? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, you know, some of Evil Ed's stuff, though, uh, was fun. Yeah, I mean, I like how he... Uh, you know, he's he's the one vampire that seems to like jump into wolf form here and there and, and just yeah. rip people apart. But this this issue, I think, is is the the one that really marks a change in the art style to mm-hmm. to make it. I mean, the color palette is still very much the same because of the technology and the printing technology and stuff. But the but the art style's a little more animation style, I'd say maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, cartoony face is a little less real looking <laughs> things. So, um, and it it there's kind of a tone change in it too that goes along with that, where you know it it seem it's a little more fun maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, every time Ed is on the on the you know on the panel, it's it's all fun times and like oh gosh, he's really scary, but he's also like unhinged. So uh, I, I think he, they did him all right. And I'm um, just looking at the last panel of, of this comic here that I'm just going to read you the headline from the paper uh-huh. because that like if you're not interested in reading the Fright Night comics, I think this headline will make you interested. It reads: <laughs> Fright Night Hero arrested for breaking into gay bar with young man. <laughs> And Evil Ed is looking at the comic and laughing his head off. Yeah, yeah and exactly. And this is a picture of a stunned Peter and Charlie on the front of the newspaper. <laughs> like they've just been caught by the paparazzi doing Whoa. who knows what. And, you know, um, that's, A, the world's longest headline, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and B, is the Fright Night like a local legend then? Like, is that a, a thing that, that all the, uh, you know, local housewives are like, oh, remember the Fright Night when we were all so scared? I, yeah, you know, uh, I don't get it. Oh, does it say here? Actually, you know what? I, 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 I think it says Fright Night Host. Oh, not, oh host. Oh, oh, Fright Night Host. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah, that's right. Sense. So the host yeah. of the TV show Fright Night. Okay, that's yeah, right. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty toned down. <laughs> that. And it also just like goes, you know, the, the, you know, this is the break between the two issues of the story. And, uh, so what Ed was luring Peter and Charlie to the club to get him fired for, you know, being in a gay bar. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't understand. Um, was that, was that a, maybe, um, is that a little bit of dirty pull, like an inside joke on Roddy's actual sexuality? I have no oh, that's idea. A good, that's a good question. Um, you know, oh, and uh, I love what, I mean, I, I have to say I love, I don't really love, but it's just like, what? Uh, when he gets arrested, he's, he says, don't you realize who I am? And the cop says, listen, I don't care if you're Roddy McDowell. Save it, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, out of all the actors that yeah. <laughs> the guy, a cop would reference. Um so in the next issue, the next sin happens. I was waiting for Len. Len, did you want to um, um, talk about uh, what happens here? This is, did this bother you at all? Uh, what part are we talking about here? The, well, Natalia grabs Charlie's blazer and says she can't stand it anymore. It's ugly. Yeah. And then she throws it in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I <laughs> am very upset and offended. Uh, they can say what they want about gays. They can say... <laughs> 
you, you can be homophobic, you can be racist, but don't make fun of the blazer. <laughs> the blazer. That's your favorite thing. That's my favorite thing, Charlie's. Uh, I, I actually was more distracted by her um, boobs. Her, yeah, her boobs right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, they just get rid of the blazer. Charlie is going to be wearing other forms of sports jackets now. I don't know. <laughs> Um, they also introduce uh, the bartender Derek, who seems to is it seems to be a character that kind of uh, insists upon himself. Like, uh, no, we don't really. I, I mean, he shows up. He ends up being kind of part of the gang. Um, and more and more, I'm just like, I don't care. Please go back to Peter and Charlie. <laughs> yeah. But there's this really gruesome panel where Ed is now transformed into the. Um, Hellbat. Hellbat. And uh, he's ripping out someone's throat, a girl's throat, and uh, he's saying, Derek, you're fired. Um, But yeah, the episode, the the whole thing ends with uh, Evil is now started a rock band. (laughs) Just like, what? (laughs) And is uh, basically headlining his own club. Uh, I have have no no idea. I do. I I have to agree, though, David, that the art style does change here. I I didn't really notice it before while I was kind of frantically trying to read through these before tonight's uh, podcast. Um, But it's better. It's it's better cartoony. It is light. It's more lighthearted. It's... um, yeah, that looks, yeah, it it definitely. Know. I mean, I think there's both a tone shift in the writing and the art, and I think they match better in in this last. I think I, I maybe prefer the first few issues art style, but I think they match themselves better. Like it makes maybe a right. better thing, better product here. So, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Evil Ed is now a part of this comic. He's going to be in the background. He's going to be the uh, the spike maybe of <laughs> <laughs> Fright Night comics. I don't know. Um, yeah, the next couple of issues I didn't have, but it had something to do with aliens um, going after a bar. And I, uh, I have no idea. But there is, we do have, uh, we do find out that Derek had a boss at the park named Lenny, which so I'm, and, and he's also an alien. Um, which so I was kind of upset that we didn't get to see that. But issue twelve, um, Charlie and his girlfriend go to Crete, and we bring in her eccentric aunt. Um, and such a freaking, okay. So it introduces a thing, uh, that they, this gr- uh, incredibly named, uh, club called the anti-monster society, which is <laughs> like, could, you mean the monster squad or <laughs> I don't know, something different. Um, it, it, it turns that turns out that this, this society is like training people to kill vampires. So there's this whole uh, montage of them going through and watching them stake dummies. And I thought there was a nice little shout out to the film where um, somebody stakes a dummy and it, the blood squirts in the person's yeah. face and they're like, <laughs> but I gotta say the, the art style in, in this issue really um, cleans up even a little more. And, and it, it looks very similar to some of the colored uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtle style art you like yeah. the characters kind of actually look like april o'neill and, and uh, casey jones at some points like you, you <laughs> have a hard time telling the difference between them if you put them in a cartoon lineup so. yeah yeah i didn't take many more notes after this because we go with aunt claudia in, uh, into like a labyrinth underground and she raises theseus and she is reincarnated and they go after the minotaur and uh, I'm like, well, this is nothing I'm interested in. I want a Fright Night comic. I don't want this. And I don't right. know. <laughs> my, notes, my notes for this issue are pretty much the extent of, uh, it says, Minotaurs on vacation. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, 13 is the other one we didn't have. Um, it's called Pup Pet. It's uh, a little girl amasses an unusual collection of pets. So that might have been a fun little one-off. The next uh, storyline is The Resurrection of Dracula, which is issues 14 and 15, where, where Peter gets in, enrolled into the Institute for the Performing Arts and Expansion of the Subconscious, <laughs> which is uh, I mean, it just seems like two different things. <laughs> like, I'm here to act and also learn mindfulness. <laughs> but uh, this whole thing is kind of wacky. Uh, Charlie, Peter, Natalia, and I think Derek as well uh, join this class where apparently you get to sign away to an experiment, a, like an arts experiment. And this guy is reenacting Dracula. So they bring in the actor, Boris Christopher, which is <laughs> Christopher Lee, basically. And um, everybody gets hypnotized. And Boris Christopher is uh, hypnotized into being Dracula. So he becomes Dracula because Evil Ed ends up biting him and turning him into a vampire. So it really is like Peter uh, as Van Helsing, Charlie as Jonathan Harker, and Natalia as... Bar wench, I have no idea, and and Dracula, and then they they act out Dracula, but also everybody's watching it on the TV. I, what did you think of this? I, I think your uh, summary makes a lot more sense than the comic itself does. Um, I just want to point out my favorite part is that there's a section where Peter Vincent's essentially essentially leading uh, Jazzer's size class, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know, replete with the uh, sweatband around his head, and uh, there, there's. A, a series of panels where he's wearing a shirt. I, I think I eventually figured out that the shirt says no pain, no gain, but um, there's <laughs> one panel where it, it's partly obscured and it looks like he's got a really snarky shirt on that says pain and gain in like a column and then check boxes next to it. And I was like, well, that's pretty bitchy, Peter. I think that's you know, like, where you've got to check off the pain and then you can check off the gain. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, I think that, I think that uh, maybe it was a page or two is probably um, worth the cover price of this comic. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we go into issue 16, which I think, you know, pretty much starts the arc that leads us to the end of the, the run. Um, it starts with a uh, potion motion and which, um, it looks like Aunt Claudia uh, goes to research about uh, Jerry Dandridge. It ends up, uh, uh, well, okay. So, so <laughs> this is hard to get into because it's like, what? Um, first of all, Charlie, there's, I have a panel. Charlie actually sketches a picture of Jerry from his memory, and it says underneath, this is the best I could do, Charlie. And Claudia is literally holding it next to a picture of Jerry Dandridge from, like, the 18th century, and they look just about exactly alike. <laughs> I love the idea of, like, you know, somebody, like, going in a comic, like, oh, I drew this. And holding it next to a photo, it's like, yeah, they're both drawings. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's hard to interpret that. But anyway, um, for the folks that um, are listening and never read the comic, um, how does one explain how Jerry Dandridge is resurrected? <laughs> they, they basically uh, bring in a guy. And he is a, like, you know, six, seven foot tall black guy. He's a basketball player. He's got a flat top. He walks into this room where the witch is, and he's spinning a basketball on his finger. And the witch says, behold, the next Jerry Dandridge moves Wilson. And the guy's like, hiya. <laughs> 
It's very uh, Scooby Doo episode, like <coughs> featuring the Harlem Globetrotters or something. It's, it's yeah, you can strange. literally hear the Globetrotters theme playing as he's <laughs> introduced. Sweet Georgia Brown. <laughs> and during you know, so so Moses uh, or Mo- is it Moses moves moves, yeah. moves sorry name um, moves is uh, put down in the sacrificial altar, and it, you know they, they you know Claudia is brought is brought into this and they're praying over him and one of the chants are is uh obladi oblada and another which is like life must go on <laughs> brah <laughs> <laughs> or actually excuse me blah <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> which yeah it brings us into 17 which is called blood ball and uh yeah moves is out there as a as a basketball player, but as he's playing, he suddenly starts uh, uh, freaking out and killing all the players around him and scoring points. <laughs> Teen Wolf, anyone? Yeah, I was yeah. say, ripped, ripped straight from the pages of Teen Wolf comics. Right? <laughs> um, oh yeah, this is another panel I kind of cut out and put on its own. It is Evil Ed as a bat. That it's completely he's completely green. He's got red eyes and blonde hair, and he's just standing up and lecturing somebody in bat form. He's like, "Who do you think you are? You come storming in here like a bat out of hell, ruin my show, and drive away all my customers and fans, and you don't know that you're the monster." And, and I was just like, "Imagine if we saw that on film." <laughs> Ridiculous. But in the end, he finally gets turned into Jerry, who's wearing, um, you know, um, purple underwear. Um, moves gets turned. Oh, uh, moves does. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's a big tease. I'm like, oh, cool. So finally, we have Jerry Dandridge into the comic. But <laughs> what are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say that uh, you know, I think this this arc has two great things in it. And I, they might both be in the in issue 16, but the the best comic book representation of a uh, medical centrifuge, I think, ever is happens on. It's probably the only representation of a comic book, <laughs> uh, medical centrifuge. But it, like it it appears out of context at the bad, bottom of a page before they show like an entire page or two of being in a laboratory. And you're like, <laughs> what is what is that? That kind of looks like a centrifuge. And you flip the page, and you're like, oh, that's a centrifuge. Um, <laughs> and then uh, two is the ad for the video game Uncle Fester's Quest. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think was for the Genesis, maybe. Uh, um, I I now want to play that game. I, I did not know it existed, and uh, now I must find the... M- no, no, you can skip that one. Fester's yeah. Quest. It's uh, original NES. I, ha- I have it and oh. had it. Uh, I remember playing this. You, you can Might look up video. the uh, <laughs> Angry Video Game Nerds uh, <laughs> okay. review of it. That'll give you all you need to know. All right, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I lo- yeah, this is another thing about looking back in the like, 80s and 90s comics. It's like, oh, these all these different things that I like as a, you know, it's Yeah, it's fun to see yeah. those ads, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we go to 18, and that's uh, Fang Fusion, and... Uh, <laughs> okay, so so uh, Jerry's being resurrected, and Claudia um, decides to form the Anti-Monster Society, and uh, meanwhile, Derek wants to be taken seriously, so he goes off and uh, loads up on weapons, um, looking like a like a guardian angel with his red beret <laughs> and a giant gold cross, and it's just like it goes from him walking down the street with a huge bunch of weapons. And my next panel that I cut out is he's been turned into I don't know a vampire zombie. <laughs> Didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, you're useless, buddy. <laughs> but um, 
so so we go on to 19, which I was very excited by the cover. The cover's great. Uh, you know, it's totally Jerry Gandridge. I'm not sure if they had, maybe they didn't have the rights to show Chris Sarandon on the cover, so they have him kind of covering his face and showing one eye. Yeah. But it does look a lot like him. Um, and it kind of ties into the Legion of the Endless Night, whereas... You know, we have to tie in the original story from the comic where Claudia and Claudia has a father named Jacob. And Jacob is the leader of the Legion of the Endless Night. And so as it, you know, our final, like, Jerry is in the picture. He's a part of this all. He's the one we've been really looking forward to. And, like, in the first few panels he's in this issue, uh, Jacob is just ordering him around. <laughs> he's just like a flunky to, you know, Jacob. It was very irritating. <laughs> like he's like, "Oh, take Natalia away and lay her down," and and Jerry's like, "Okay, boss," you know. <laughs> um, but eventually, uh, you know, there's a big battle, and they go against Jerry. And Jerry is looking a lot like um, Billy did in the Fright Night adaptation. <laughs> like he looks like he's drawn just like that. Yeah, like the the brown. He's got like brown hair parted in the middle. He's looking. I don't know. He's looking very. I don't know. Otis like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, there, Jerry is saying like, oh, I should have killed you. Uh, and I'm not going to be as friendly as I was before, uh, Charlie. And he's like throwing Charlie around and suddenly Peter whirl whips out a huge cross. And he's like, this time Dandridge, I have the faith. And it's like, wait, like that, that's literally what happened at the end of the movie. It's like, <laughs> like he should be like, he I have it again, again, Dandridge. <laughs> I've I have got faith. the faith. Yeah. <laughs> remember last time when I had the faith? <laughs> like, I know the first time I didn't have it, but remember I got it back. I still have it. <laughs> and then they do it like a Romanian trick where they throw bird seed down, and Jerry suddenly has to count it so they can get away. I was so insulted by this, <laughs> Jerry Dandridge. It's, you have to have faith in your bird seed as well for that trick to work. So. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, he's just so useless. Like towards the end of the issue, Natalia is taken prisoner and Jerry does his sauntering into a bedroom with underwear trick. And, uh, and he's going to seduce Natalia. And for some reason, Natalia just knocks him right out with a, a big golden cross that she pulled out of, I don't know where. And, and I know because we've talked about it on the podcast several times that one of the best lines Chris Sarandon delivers in the movie is fool, right? Yeah. That yeah. fool. In these comics, Jerry Dandridge says fool all the fucking time. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, so <laughs> it's like, it, oh it's, yeah. Such a, such a sweet young thing. Such a fool. He says it constantly. <laughs> I, I, I want to kick gotta, him in his nuts. I think you got to chalk this up to this actually being somebody named moves. Who's just, you know, read about Jerry Dandridge is not really Jerry <laughs> Must Dandridge. be it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big bad. The one we've always, always been worried about being resurrected. It's just being clocked and knocked out left and right. Um, he's, He's left, a bitch boy. He's, he's left unconscious at the end. Uh, so we go to the Charge of the Death Brigade in issue 20, and I don't really care. It's Derek and zombies, and uh, it's really not interesting at all. But the last thing, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that at all, but um, but if not, I mean, the last page is we have Jerry back again, and he's in Paris now, and uh, he's seducing a woman and and uh, turning in her into a vampire and promising her that she's the first of his new vampire legion. So I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't need to have him be a 
If only now comics could have held on for another 20 issues, we might have gotten to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, awesome. He's going to start a whole uh, vampire, you know, cabal of his own, not be working under the legion of the endless night. Uh, the penultimate comic, uh, 21, is called Werewolf, Their Wolf. And uh, Charlie gets his soul transformed into the body of a wolf. And as a wolf, has to try to convince Peter, Natalia, and Aunt Claudia that uh, he's Charlie. <laughs> Uh, I found this issue kind of fun. <laughs> this is another one with a great cover, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's got sort of a geometric-shaped uh, <laughs> wolf with some... It, it's it's pretty cool. Check out... Go go check out Fright Night number 21, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's weird. It's like an invisible wolf. It crashes through the window and attacks him, and it's he's just like, struggling with this invisible wolf. And uh, let's see. There's some panels I cut out of here because I was laughing. Um yeah, yeah. So Charlie Brewster is now a wolf, um, and so he finds Natalia, and she, he starts like licking her face, and she's like, "Oh, okay, good, okay, stop, down, boy." And Charlie th- is thinking to himself in a thought bubble, "Have to try this again when I'm human." <laughs> <laughs> so in order for to bring Charlie back, uh, they have to drown him in a bathtub. <laughs> so there's this whole ex- sequence of. Um, Peter trying to give Charlie the Wolf a um, a holy water bath, like a she's basically a, an old man trying to give a dog a bath, <laughs> and uh, and it's like he escapes, but then he gets splashed with another bucket of holy water, and uh, and he thinks it's all been a dream, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, well, I wonder how the floor's all wet. And yeah. Peter, Peter's like, it's all, it was a nightmare. Charlie, just a nightmare. And he comes back like a reverse Incredible Hulk into purple pajamas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> totally untorn, which is nice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we finally go to the final issue. Uh, it, our long our long shuttle is just about over here. Um, Reign of Terror. Uh, and, yeah, Jerry is now in charge of a whole... He's just killing prostitutes left and right and turning them into vampires. And, uh, like, oh God, this one panel I cut out, uh, he uh, attacks the prostitute, um, s- makes a cut on his palm and puts it over her mouth. And he says, in French, of course... Take a good long swallow, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so evil Ed for some reason now is like, I have to interject here. You can start over. Yeah, please. Uh, cause I'm going to cut this out anyway, that, that whole take a good long swallow. Jerry, let me give you a little advice. Don't marry her. Cause that'll, you'll never get her to do that again. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll cut it out. <laughs> Put that giant cough in there just so you'll have to. Um, so Evil Ed actually has a, uh, a, a a grudge against Jerry for turning him into a vampire. I don't know. Seems like he's having a pretty good time with it. Yeah, yeah. Why is he so mad at Jerry? Well, he went, you know, he finally started his, uh, his uh, vampire rock band like he wanted to. Yeah. I, I assume that band went on to become typo negative, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, maybe it's a sort of a dad thing he's got going on. I hate you, Dad. I hate you, Dad. Oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it turns into this whole thing where he's like, Ed, Ed Thompson, evil Ed Thompson is just like, I can take you, Dandridge, anytime. And Jerry's like, try it. And oh, Jerry, of course, says, you fool. <laughs> Do you think you can kill me? <laughs> uh, I brought you into this afterlife. I can take you out of this afterlife. <laughs> 
And of course, the anti monster society will all have uh, purple caps that say AMS on it. <laughs> Why uh, not? Yeah. There's a big, big old fight. Uh, I did have to cut out a panel where this like hapless looking uh, society member is staking a uh, blonde vampire from behind, and she looks like she's fallen onto the ground. But her boobs, they literally say "bawump" under them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much like cocky talk, like Peter saying, you're going to die here at Dandridge. And Jerry's like, too bad. You're not as good at killing as you are at bragging. (laughs) And, uh, well, yeah, there's another panel. Um, one of the prostitutes is not a, now a vampire has turned into the anthropomorphized bat. And so she's drop kicking Natalia, but again, just giant bat boobs on her. Also the way the face is drawn looks very Ninja Turtle. It does look very Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and so, yes, uh, again, are the, the, the evil demon of the night, the one we worshiped in the original movie gets taken away by his bats. And, uh, and he's murmuring to himself, at the free throw line, magic moves, perfect throw. <laughs> so stupid. Oh. I'll get you, gadget. That's really what he should have been saying. Yeah. I think um, uh, the the best part, the best return of Dandridge here in this issue is that he wears the duster and the, the cravat again, or the scarf. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. He, he breaks out that old outfit. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. looking like he should. Yeah. And we also, I wish he was acting like he should. <laughs> and we also learned that uh, what upside down crosses are ineffective against vampires, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that um, Peter Vincent's local paper has listings for uh, missing persons cases in Paris. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we end this final issue. Ed has gotten away as well, and we hear this, we just see the "You're so cool, Brewster. I'll be back for you." No, no, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So clearly, they didn't know they were being canceled. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is the last regular issue of the series. Um, none of the uh, running storylines are tied up. They even teased a new issue coming up in this, the letters column. Um, it was called Nightmares. Um, but they were bankrupt by the time uh, they were supposed to publish it. They did release it in 3D form in 1993, but yeah, it has nothing to do with Jerry Dandridge. Uh, they go against a evil sorceress um, who brings on a pack of demonic harpies, and the Anti-Monster Society has to go up against them. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't want to read that anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> One thing I, I am feeling guilty, we are doing a comics episode of, of, for a Fright Night Minute, and I do feel guilty because back in uh, 2018, uh, Tom Holland had a new Fright Night comic book come out, and maybe like a, almost like a pilot for a, a new uh, Fright Night comic book series called uh, The Peter Vincent Chronicles, oh. which which is available on Tom's Terror Time site, but uh, I just realized that before right before we were going to do this so i didn't get to see it too but, late yeah yeah but apparently it picks up right as uh right where the original film left off huh. completely ignoring the sequel i'm assuming 
completely and, uh, ignoring the anti-monster squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do know Thomas talked uh, a few times about what he's been up to the last few years, the future of Fright Night, mm. and that is a novel all about Evil yeah. Ed trying to resurrect Jerry Dandridge. Nice. So it's kind of funny that that becomes uh, part of the plot in these comics is to, to bring Jerry back. Um, yeah, it's funny how in the comics it's like Evil Ed has no interest in resurrecting Jerry Dandridge. Yeah. Uh, these This legion of the Endless Night resurrects right. him, and then Evil's like, I have to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> For what he did to me. He's not going to join my band. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be good on drums. Yeah, I, can't, I can't risk him starting his own band. Uh, that's true. Competing yeah, with me. <laughs> yeah. Then again, yeah, I'm sure he's not, you know, being a vampire is not a big fan of drumsticks anyway. <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> a couple other things I wanted to um, mention here. Uh, we did watch a uh, YouTube uh, walkthrough of a Friday Night video game. Cool. <laughs> Came out in '88. Not that cool, David. Not that cool. <laughs> made for the Amiga. <laughs> oh. Basically, it's just Jerry Dandridge running around his house trying to kill any any intruders that show up. Yeah. And you know, before dawn, and uh, and that's it. <laughs> You're just running from room to room. So, um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty novel take on it, though, right? Like throw you yeah. in as, as the antihero, West. Right. Yeah. But that's it. Like, <laughs> there's no point yeah, to the right game. Yeah. You just basically keep going until you die. It's sort or, of like Pac-Man only, you know. Yeah. The novelty wore off after the first, like, three minutes of watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, a few other things that were also released in conjunction with Fright Night or, you know, as a tribute to Fright Night. Tops actually had a card collection called Fright Flicks. And they had a line of 90 cards and 11 stickers um, adorned with images from, uh, well, 15 popular horror movies. But on the uh, actual cover is uh, like a drawn version of Amy with the shark face. And uh, I I guess it was only one. But uh, I cut out a few of these to show Len in real time. Yeah. Just in case you want to collect any of these. I already. It's funny. I'll put my phone down. I was just picking it up to look on Amazon to see where the hell these. <laughs> Here we are. go. We have we have a picture. These are all pictures from the movie. Stills. Yeah. Stills. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. You know, it's baseball like a, card. Yeah. Uh, the first one we have uh, the scene where the bat bites Charlie's arm, and uh, you know it's a pretty scary part of the scene. And you know we hypothesized, oh, was he? Is could he be turned into a vampire? Maybe if they don't kill Jerry, Charlie's going to be a vampire too. Hmm. But right at the bottom, it's says, darn, now I'll have to learn shorthand. <laughs> uh, we go to the next card. <laughs> Amy getting a cross by Peter put up to her, and it says at the bottom, now don't get cross. <laughs> Man, I wish I could have had the job writing uh, trading card <laughs> captions back in the 90s. They'd, they'd right. probably be better. A really scary promo picture of uh, Jerry, probably in Charlie's room, you know, right when he gets stabbed with a pencil. Um, it's a close-up. The caption at the bottom, it says, what do you mean? I just had a manicure. <laughs> and is this the last one I have? Cherry, burnt face, screaming in terror, whatever. Um, close anger up of pain. Pain, anger, pain. Um, looks a little cross-eyed, actually. Um, uh, and the caption says, "Hey, Pop, that microwave really works." Jesus. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah. Um, wow. And if you want to reach yeah. out and collect all those, you know, for your collection, I just—I I, kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, um, if you want, I'll try. I'll try my hand at some better captions, and you can just white out those. And <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, also, uh, some other things that I collected, just you know, found on the web, like Fright Night tie-ins. There was a uh, uh, Johnny Lightning, um, like a kind of mat. I don't think they're called matchboxes if they're not a matchbox, but uh, they're the diecast car made by uh, Johnny Lightning, and it's of the uh, Ford Mustang uh, mm. that was. Uh, Tom Holland's vehicle, but, you know, immortalized in Fright Night. Um, so you can reach out and get that one, too, if you want. <laughs> that probably would be a, a cooler thing to collect. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I really found. We probably have some more stuff in our final uh, episode. Um, there's, of course, you mentioned the comics. There's a couple toys here. Mm-hmm. There's also the um, <clears throat> Peter Vincent action figure. Yep. Vampire killer that was uh, that came along with the... the uh, You're So Cool Brewster? You're So Cool Brewster, I believe. Yeah. And the company oh, nice. put out a handful of those. I, I was lucky enough to get one. Yeah. Uh, I'd never even seen the documentary, but... Uh, <laughs> You're yeah, almost ready to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, I know all this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That That's uh, all the real products. There might be a few more um, in our final episode if I, I see any more that come through. Um, okay, well, uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, comics and other stuff. Uh, I think we're done with this minute. Did it justice. <laughs> Didn't really talk about the credits, but whatever. <laughs> uh, David, thank you very much uh, for no joining problem. us yeah. in my raspy voice. And, uh, and Len, thank you for reading these comics. <laughs> you got it. I did it by the seat of my pants. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I definitely skimmed towards the end, and there were some things tonight where I, I, I was completely lost looking at the screenshot. Like, I don't remember seeing that dumb shit. <laughs> well, this is to help you. This is to help any listener that's like, oh, I wonder what the Fright Night comics are all about. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. You like, know, I'm sure I, there's fans out there of them, you know. <laughs> I got to say that I will be checking out the, uh, the Tom Holland uh, provided issue or produced issue because uh, I, I noticed on all of these comics there is the uh, approved by the Comics Code Authority emblem. Yeah. Uh, which, if you don't know, that was sort of a um, a response to uh, like mid fifties criticism that comics were ruining the youth of America. So instead of trying to trying to head off legislation, the comics industry started their own code that you uh, had yeah. to apply to that you know prevented everything like the you know uh, evil can never win right. Like at the end of the story, uh, there can't be any actual blood shown uh, <laughs> in the issues. And so the, I mean, this definitely violates some of, some of the, the comics code, even though it's pasted on there. But it was you know like a self-imposed thing. So, um, you know, it, it essentially dissolved in the mid nineties. I think it just went away. Everyone stopped using it. Uh, so I think, you know, people not forcing themselves to abide by that could provide some much better horror comics than, uh, and, and, you know, a competent writer like Tom could probably uh, go right. a long, long way to, to doing that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, he doesn't write it. He definitely is like, he, he's, uh, I don't know. He, he's putting it out. Producer, yeah, consulting yeah. it probably. Yeah. Yeah. Signed off on it. Signed yeah. off on it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely go to, uh, it's terror time. Yeah. Yep. Terror time. Yep. So cool. Um, so David, uh, what, what, what's going to be out by the time, uh, this uh, episode comes out, uh, <laughs> severe disappointment and, uh... <laughs> all right. 
Well, that's awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll all subscribe to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, minute uh, by minute. <laughs> and thank you again for uh, yeah. uh, joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. So you guys, uh, I'm I'm glad you made it this far. Uh, I had my doubts when we did that when we recorded our first set of issues. I was like, I don't know if these guys have got it, but uh, <laughs> I've, I've been enjoying the run, and uh, I'm I'm very honored and happy to be back. So thanks. I'm, I'm thanks. very happy to listen to it in edited form. <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, we actually that, that came off funny. Somebody made made us have good timing. Probably Len. <laughs> so. All right, cool. Uh, as for us, I mean, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. Send a cup of tea my way. And uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Harvey Firestein. <laughs> I'm Len. <laughs> Oh, and I'm Dave. Hi, sorry. (laughs) And you're late. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. And don't read these fucking comics, really. Just skip them. (laughs) Skip them. He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so 